Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the McCove Mindset. This is Kevin McCove. Today we're going to sit down with the DJ Dave Amaze, an incredible friend of mine. Uh, this guy has built an amazing DJ following as well as the Icon DJs, which houses a couple of different DJs. He's going to sit down and talk to us about how to get things popping. So let's get to it. It's quick too. That's a fact. Yo, so I am here today with DJ Dave Amaze. Yep. What's going on, man? What's happening, man? Good Not to be much. here. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. My um, pleasure. So yeah, let's just jump right, right into it. Like, first of all, tell me how you got started. Like, how did you get started into the whole DJ scene? Everything. Um, I started doing DJing because I've always had an affinity for music, and for me, it was more outlets to DJ than to go out and sing or perform because I've been singing and I played piano at a young age so I just made a calculated decision that okay I can get some decks and some music and go you know and I never expected it to really turn into the career that it has but now it's become an outlet for me to kind of play my original music too Word. so but I just got my start because it was cheaper and more outlets than being a singer <laughs> I got you. I got you. Like, what What do you think, what's the hurdle that you think singers have? Like, what were you trying to avoid? Why do you think that there were DJs being hired everywhere? Well, because there's always events. There's always a need for music. And, you know, would you rather have a DJ or have somebody that you never heard of that, yeah, my friend said they have a nice voice. Maybe they can perform for us for 15, 20 minutes. But this DJ, as long as you got the top 40 songs... Yeah, four hours. Yeah, let's go. Let's party. Right, you can keep spinning. Yeah. So, so what was what was your first like investment then to get into it? What did you need to get? Well, at first, I would use my friend's DJ gear, but when I got to college and they hit you with that credit card at the kiosk desk ah. to sign up, I said, "Man, let me get this thousand. Are you going to give me a thousand dollar credit limit? I know exactly what I'm gonna buy. So I would just, you know, buy." turntables or buy speakers or buy whatever and i just kind of pieced it together and then you know when i monetized it i would say okay i'm gonna put 60 percent back to pay off this credit card i'm gonna keep you know 20 percent in my pocket and put 20 percent aside for advertisement and i just did that for a, a little bit until i paid off and had like a complete system Word. That's a good strategy. So when you said when you monetize it, so this means that were you DJing out just to get your name out at first originally? Were you just DJing for free or did you automatically just start out charging? Um, so my f I'm, I'm thinking about like my first gigs and it's really when I got to college that I had my first gigs. I would DJ in a dorm just for fun. And I remember somebody asked me to do their fraternity party. They're like, we, we, we don't really have a budget to pay you, but bring your friends. We're going to have, you know, drinks and ladies and fun and lights. I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, that opportunity, you know, fast forward a month. Now they're filling up their fraternity house. And I, I had the conversation like, yo, we got to talk about payment because you're charging at the door. Sure, right. You know, and they were like, oh, we were just waiting for you to ask. Here, take 200 like, dang, that was easy. All I had to do was ask. Right. And then for the rest of the semester, I'm getting 200 every Friday night to do this fraternity party. So from there, I, you know, I, I just did my math, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm getting 200. That's 800 uh, a month. 
You know, let me see how I want to. I don't just want to blow this eight hundred. I want to, you know, make it make sense so I can make sixteen hundred and thirty two hundred and, and keep expanding. So, I mean, that was the really, the, really the groundwork of it was I, I just. I kind of stumbled onto a gig, but once I realized I had a marketable service and a talent that people wanted, that's when I looked at myself and figured I needed to do a plan and, and, and hash out a little bit better on what, what I want to do with it. Word. So I think that's a good segue because you mentioned about like colleges. and I, I know I'm going to probably have listeners who are like, oh, well, that works because you were at college and mm-hmm. you know that there's this, this income, this disposable income by college students and stuff because they're going out. But so... If you're not, if you don't have access to, like, college campuses, or do you think that you always do? Like, hey, don't limit yourself to access from a college campus even if you don't go to college. Or, like, what do you what do you think in that? Well, well, I mean, it was good timing for me with college, but really that was a niche. If you can figure out what your niche is, it doesn't have to be college. It could be art museums. It could be yoga studios. It could be Pilates. Whatever, whatever it is that your niche is, explore that. Right. You know, college was accessible to me. I was in college. I had friends at other colleges. So that was my niche at the time. It's still somewhat my niche, but there's other niches. And and that's if you, if you look at the people who innovate or cultivate something, they're always going niche first. They they kind of kill it at one thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people outside of that niche who are magnetized to them. Right. So then now let's go forward even a little more. So now you're you're playing at college events and stuff. What got you, what transitioned you into then moving into more like corporate stuff or moving into bars, restaurants? Like what was your transition out of the fraternity parties? Well, I challenged my, I'm always trying to challenge myself. So at some point I sat down, I had a plan. I was like, if my plan's supposed to work, if I want to make, you know, if my goals are to make this much and do this and do that, then I need to make money not just at college, at frat parties or on the weekends. How can I make money in the middle of the day right? as a DJ? Which some people are like, they don't even think about a DJ in the middle of the day. Corporate entities may not even think of using a DJ during the day. So you have to pitch different things. Hey, you need a team builder. Hey, why don't we do this for your, you know, your picnic, your lunch? You have music for that? Or, or anything, right. you know. Um, so when I started to think of new ways to DJ during the day is when I started to look at other opportunities outside of the original niche. Because that was my new niche, day DJing. Because day DJ, right. a lot of DJs, they have full-time jobs or they're not full-time DJs, so they don't have the availability. But there is a need, you just have to find it. Right, and then you can fulfill that need. I'm not, I wasn't working during the day. Right. I was working on DJing. I was working on music. So I didn't have to sit at a desk or be obligated to a nine to five. Right. So, yeah, it was just kind of, you know, that, that challenged me to think outside the box, which is fun for me. I, I like to be in the field. I don't like to be, even though I, we DJ with computers and laptops, I say I don't like to be in front of a computer all day. Realistically, I am, but at least it's on my own terms. Right. You know? So, yeah, I, I, you know, that's the challenge is to... Think outside the box. If you can do it during the day, then it's really full time, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So when did you, how, how long did you become a DJ full time? Like how long were you just DJing and that was it? That was all. Was it until you got out of college? Did it progress for longer than that? Yeah. I mean, since I got out of college till now, I haven't worked a, 
somebody asked me at a wedding yesterday. Do you have or, or last week? Do you have a real job? <laughs> Yo, I hate that question. That's the most like ridiculous, absurd question ever. Like, do you have a real job? Well, like, you know what, what I answer? I say yeah. And they say, oh, what, what do you do? Entertainment and music, right? And real estate. And they're like, oh, well, I didn't mean it like you know a real. I mean, is this what you do full time? I know what you meant. Yeah, right. Yeah, they don't know how to a- ask it because they can't fathom. We're trained through school and through social norms to grow up, get a job, work it for thirty years, right. retire, right? So if you don't do that, then do you have you know social norms say you don't have a real job, right? But they don't understand the definition of how expanding that that real job can be. I own real companies, so of course right. I have a real job. But to them, if I'm not working for someone else, I don't have a real job. So did you? do you have an LLC? Do you have a S-Corp, C-Corp? All right, we're going like, to break it you, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what you got so, going on? Sole proprietorship? I have a couple series LLCs, Okay. Uh, which is uh, how I operate my entertainment side of things. So folks who are listening, if you don't know what a series LLC is, research it. Basically, it gives you some advantages over an LLC, of course, is an entity, a company. Uh, When you do series, you pay kind of the franchise information fees for one company, company, but you can own up to 99 that are each its own entity, Entity. but in series. So they they don't report back. They're not. If someone sues one company, it doesn't affect the other, but they're in series. So you keep up on the formation, taxes, and, and things on the one series, and you're good for the other 99 who are in series of, in, in series of it. Um, so how is that important? If you have an idea and you want to grow a company, but you don't want to spend a lot of overhead on the formation fees and things that the right, state... Right, each individual yeah, one, right. You know, you can, you can grow a company and you can put it in series to the other company and now you save yourself a little money. If it takes off, it's still its own entity with its own EIN. It's just in series to another company. And explain to our listeners what an EIN is. EIN is Employment ID Number. I'm not sure exactly what the acronym is, but when you have a company... And you report it on your taxes. They want to know the tax ID or the EIN because we have socials that we use to do our taxes. But when you own a company, you also want to report those taxes and you, you support you show how much each company is itemized. So this company, I made X, Y, Z amount of money. Here's its EIN. So that way you can break down. Which company did what on your taxes? Word. Yeah, I am not a tax professional or a, a real estate attorney, or you know whatever that right, disclaimer right, right, right. is. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, no, but yes, you're actually right. Yes, like a social security number for your your company. Right. It's like, hey, look, this is how we track it. This is how we know how much money is supposed to be listed on your taxes. This is how we know what you're supposed right. to pay. Or, yeah. And everybody should have some. Some if if you're doing business, it would behoove you to be an LLC, escort, whatever. One makes sense to you. What happens when you want to get a loan? If you're not reporting that income, how are you going to get a loan? How are you going to grow that business? How are you going to get insurance? There are some gigs that I get to this day. That require for, insurance. For, and, and I get hired for the simple fact that I keep insurance. insurance. Oh, you have insurance? Okay, just send us the bill. Yeah. Like that was easy. They didn't even ask me to for my website or anything. They just wanted to know I had insurance. Yeah, performance insurance is like, I feel like that's something that gets often overlooked. No, a lot of places... Don't ever ask you for it. Right. But I've, I ran into this 
all the performances I had done, I'd never had this until like two years ago, mm-hmm. really. And it was um, I was playing for the Hotel Dupont. Mm-hmm. And they were they like, want insurance. Oh, like, yeah, they like yeah. They want you to name them on the policy. Yo, everything. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, get all that together. But yeah, that it is a thing. Um, and it's also just a good thing to have because you never know what can happen at a performance. You know, that's true. So that's it's, true. It's just good to be insured. I agree, especially you know, w- there is an accountant who told me you know when I was really just starting out and I was just getting out of out of out of school. He said, if you want your business to be big, you treat it big when it's small. Mm-hmm. You set it up to be scalable big. But you you set up all those systems and things now so that when it is that big, you're not scrambling around on how to do things. Like um, in Icon DJs, I have nine DJs. I can take on nine more, and it's not going to create a tax to the company because we have a system in place. Right. All I have to do is acclimate the new DJs to the system, and they're off and running just like my DJs who are in the system now. So bring us into <clears> Icon <throat> DJs. What? Because we talked about you having a business in okay. LLCs and stuff, but yeah. yeah so, so Icon DJs is Icon DJs is the number one DJ entertainment providing a community service and special events for the community. Right. Let them know. <laughs> And so, like, do you have who are your DJs under Icon DJs? Uh, you put me on the spot. DJ LMJ, DJ Mike Knight, uh, Nick, DJ Nick Nacks, DJ hey. Torch, DJ Dom, uh, DJ MXM, DJ Redcoat, uh, DJ Del Mar. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. DJ Giz. Ah, hey, got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> so, then what is so what did Icon DJs allow you to do in terms of just like. Not only because you were personally monetizing, right? But then you got you built Icon DJs. Right. And you were able to umbrella some other DJs, and and how has that been a benefit to you? Like, if there's anybody listening who kind of has their own DJ thing going, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, but I got my homeboy, he wants to DJ, and I got this other guy, and they don't want to get gigs, but I don't necessarily want to be a booking agent of mm-hmm. sorts for them. Can you just kind of dive into that? Well, it's Icon DJs is a brand. So I can only be one place. And I wasn't going to be one of those people like, oh, I'm going to have a DJ start for me here. I'm going to come up, show up, and then I got to leave and do this. And if, if you book me, I'm there. So there's no bait and switch. But I can only be one place. So I wanted to put a brand together that whether you got me or another DJ, you got the same level of service, the same uh, attention to detail. That was important to me. So I set up standards. I created my bylaws. And I told everybody what it what it is to be an icon DJ. Either you can accept it or you can step. Right. But I can't really marginalize or compromise on what those what those standards are. Because that's what icon DJs means. It's built into the brand. So, you know, and my guys have been with me for a long time because I had um previous experience with other DJ companies and I saw that it really benefited the owner of the company more so than the DJ. So I tell my DJs, yo, I help them set up their own LLCs, which is crazy because most DJ companies want you to just work under under them. Right. And I'm like, and we don't have an exclusive agreement. Work with whoever whoever else you want, as long as they're not competition. You can't be going to the bar that we have a contract with and DJing Rogue on your own. Right, right. Because now you're messing up, you're confusing 
the, the client. But other than that, go do festivals, go do other weddings, go do other clubs, expand your name. Right. And we're here to support you. And then we, because the stronger our DJs are, the stronger our brand is. Right. So that's that's the understanding. That's such a positive way to look at it too. Well, what happens is when you put folks out there and you support them like that, and and don't be scared they're going to walk. They don't walk. Right. They you stay set with them you. Up. Yeah, you set, you them, set up them up and you keep them growing with the company. So that that's what we experience. And I, I'm proud to say like Nick Nax is one of our DJs cuz Nick Nax got his start with us. Um he actually took a class. I took I I used to teach at Dell Tech and you know, looking at him now, you know, he's popping. He's got stuff at the beach, he's doing cakes, he's doing different places and I like to think that, you know, the company and myself had some, something to do with that. Not taking anything from knickknacks, but um, we helped build him up. Right. It's brand association. At that point, you had right. brand association, which was the point of building the brand in the first place. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's just fun. It's um, it's a way to also set up residuals. You look at, you know, any successful business person, it's not necessarily about how many hours they put in. It's about the work that they put in behind the scenes so that whether they're sleeping or eating cereal or watching Netflix, they're making money. Still making money. Right. So, you know, it's it's a way of setting up residuals. Like, <clears throat> what was it? Saturday night, I didn't do a gig. It felt weird because I'm usually out working. I didn't do a gig, but we had five gigs. So if we get a, a piece of all those gigs... It's like you was. It's working. like I was working. Yeah, it's like you was working, right? <laughs> and that's how you how you want a system set up, right. right? Right. So how long, how long did it take you to to expand out to nine? You you named nine DJs. Nine, yeah. Nine. So how long did it take you to get nine? Like, did you start out and it was just like bang? You automatically had interest and. In- well, yeah, you have interest, and you know, sometimes you 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 really have to make a decision because your friends want to get put on, but they feel like. They sh- there should be favoritism and th- and the rules don't apply to them. So anyone who's like that, yeah, I could go with that and, and, and become lenient and my company fail, or I got to cut my friend and say, well, this is my vision. We still boys, but I got to do what's right for my company. My company's my baby. Right. I want to see it grow. And if you're not part of helping it grow, then there's no place for you. You know, you can lose friendships over growing a business. Definitely. It happens because those some people don't understand your vision. And I have lost friendships over growing a DJ business. It sounds silly, right? right? It's happened, you know, and the reality of it is that you have to make a decision. You have a plan that you took time to write that you want to stick to. If this friendship is going to benefit you more than that plan and go with the friendship. If that friend doesn't support you in the plan, you got to go with the plan. Right. And don't look back. It sounds cold. No, but it is. It is it just is. It's not even I don't even know if it's cold. It's just like there's growth and then there's people who stop you from growing. That's it. That's it. You know, it's, it's no it's nothing cold about prioritizing like you yourself, your future, your happiness, your dreams, your goals, the effort and time that you put into something, how that could potentially benefit your family, your kids. You know, like You've built something that if you were to have children, do you have kids? 
I got one on the way. I have a kid at the end of the month. Oh, congratulations, <laughs> bro. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't think Amaze got kids. But, yo, that's awesome. Special report. Yeah. Breaking alert. This just in. Definitely blessings <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, see, so that's something now that you have that you could potentially tra- pass down to your kids. Right. And they could run, you know, like, it could really grow. And, and it's the fact that you built the company, that you set up the series, that you even established bylaws so you had, like, a practice of how things were going to run. Mm. It just goes to show, show how much insight and foresight you had into what it, what you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yeah, you can have a, a massive DJ brand if then it gets handed down to mm-hmm. your, your kids and then they grow it or something like that's really dope. Um, and I think Thank for you. a lot of people listening too, not just, just DJs who are trying to get into it and figuring out like, hey, is this something I want to do? But for DJs who have been at it um, and maybe feeling like, how do I get to that next level how do i expand how do i continue to grow man i'd be preaching to these dj djs who have been in it as long as me local guys uh regional guys international guys that i know yo you have an llc set up oh man i need to do that yo what are you doing for health insurance what are you doing for this Ah, oh, I need to get on that. What are you waiting for? What are you doing for retirement? Ah, oh, I need to get on it. Right. Come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> facts. You should have been on it. Yeah. But it's okay because you can start whenever. You can start whenever, but you'd be surprised how many DJs, entertainers haven't set up for the future. Right. Like, they're just gig to gig, and that's just so scary to me, you know? Yeah. it's It's like at any moment, health is fragile, life is fragile, things happen. You know, things are constantly in motion. Why wouldn't you set up so that you put 20%? We put 20% aside to pay taxes. Taxes, Why not put another 20% aside for you in the future? Right. Like, buy something now cheap that will be worth more later so that you, too, have experienced a little bit of residual income just from buying into something, you know, on the ground floor, investing in something. Right. So, yeah, you, you said that. That just... Because I'm always preaching to DJs because, you know, we I'm going to talk to them. I'm going, right, those yeah. are the only people I preach to is the DJs. Why don't you? I, I, it's, you'd be surprised how many don't have those things. And it's scary. Right. It's and scary. that's what I'm hoping a podcast like this does. Like, th- So one of the reasons we even want to hit you up when I reached out to you, you uh-huh. was like, yo, I was waiting on it. <laughs> like, yo. Like, yeah, it's because I had DJs hitting me, asking me, like, because I wasn't providing that information. About pe- so people were like, yo, I'm in the music industry, I'm mm-hmm. in music, but they're DJs and everything. I was I was talking to artists and writers and you know publishing and all that kind of stuff that had nothing to do with like the DJ DJs. world and the DJ life. And I'm like, gotcha. yo, I myself <clears throat> even could use some insight just into that whole world. Like, I'm curious, um, how does it work for residual? Do can DJs? get affiliated with like ASCAP or BMI or CSAC or anything like that? Like when you do a mix, are you allowed to like kind of copyright a mix even though it's somebody else's material? No, you can't copyright a mix, but you could remix it. Okay. And if you put your original elements into the remix and get a deal with the artist or the label, there you go. Now you got 50% of the publishing on a remix. Right. I've done that. And then if that song is placed... Now you're getting 50% residuals on that licensing. Right. So, you know, but that's, again, that's thinking out of the box. You could, 
you could copyright your scratches on a track. You're an artist. It's just like a violin solo or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you could do that. Um, but really, I mean, wh- when I got into publishing and copywriting is when I started doing songs. Um, when you start producing and all of that, now you're wearing another hat. But like I said, being a DJ, you have a direct link to test the songs out. Right. To play them and see what and kind see of response. Like I um I got a song called A New Challenge. It's and I'm not I'm not plugging it, but it, it calls out all these dances that that all the young people do. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a tailgate and I played it in between two hot songs. They just went with it. They they right. never heard that song before, but it sounded like the two songs I I placed in between it. Right. So they're like, oh, it's cool. It's they listen to it for a second. Okay. Millie Rock. Okay. Hit the wall. Okay. All right. Cool. Right. Next time they, they're doing it. Like, oh, yeah, I know this song. But really, I see them Shazam and they're like, what song is this? You know, right, people right. coming up. And, and, and that's how you do it. You know, that told me that song has value and it's relevant for this crowd. So now I know who to market that song to. Right. You know, I can test my own songs. That's a really good plug. Now, how do you have you had any experiences with artists coming to DJs? I know this is like used to be a big thing. I mm. feel like maybe it's kind of fallen off a little bit. You can let me know if that assumption is correct. But do artists approach you or any of your DJs on your team or whatever and like, hey, like, can you plug my song? Can you put it? Yeah, a, a couple artists do. Um, what they don't realize is you come up to the DJ in the middle of a party asking to play a song you don't know. So. Chances are I'm not going to risk playing your song, not knowing who you are and what your music is. Is it clean? Is it dirty? Are they dropping M-bombs? You know, I don't know. Right. But whatever I play, I take full responsibility for it. People look at me. That's who's playing it. Amaze is playing it. So I need to know. You need to hit me before the party, not at the party. And then we can't talk at the party. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... So listen up, listen up, people who are out here trying to plug <laughs> DJs. This is there's a correct way to go about doing this. Yeah, process. I, I would say if 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 you want your song played by a DJ, get his info, introduce yourself real quick, make it a thirty second, forty five second conversation. Make sure he remembers who you are, but don't bug him during the party. He's probably not going to play it. But what you want is him to play it for the next parties, the next 20 parties he does. You don't care about the one party you're at now. That's just your ego. Right. You know? So, and, and I know this from both, both sides. I've gone to DJs, and I am a DJ. So I've gone to DJs pushing a new challenge, push, 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 uh, pushing my songs. And this is what works. Yo, I ain't seen you in a minute. How you been? Even if you don't know the DJ. Right, right. They see 100 people, so yeah. they just got to go with the flow. Right, yeah, yeah, right. So you start with that. Yo, it's always good to see you. Let me get your uh, your email. Or how, how do you like tracks sent to you? Okay, boom. I'm going to hit you up. That's it. That's all you got to do. Right. And, and then, then you but when the you leave, yeah. when you leave, yo, don't forget I'm going to hit you up. Da, 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 da. Keep an eye out. That's it. Now, you you haven't wasted his time. Like, yo, I'm hot. I got this. I got that. Da, right. da, da, da. After that, I'm not even listening to you anymore. I'm trying... Cue up my next song because DJing is like chess. You got to be two, three songs ahead of what you're playing. Like, I got two, three in the queue, or nah, maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to go here. So, when you in my ear, now you're breaking my concentration. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why we don't really like that's, requests that's like that. Yeah, I already know that deal. Like, yo, no requests. Like, no when somebody asks me, do you take requests? I just stand there. Like, if I say no, are you going to not tell me what you're about to tell me? 
Right. You're going to give me the request. But they think it's a demand. It's a request. It's a request. You're asking for it. Right. Doesn't mean I have to do it. Right. So, you know, I take requests with... I, I try to incorporate because I realize music is one of the only things that everyone is a master of because we all listen to music. And everybody has a personal opinion about it. You don't go to the surgeon saying, oh, I know you're supposed to uh, put in that cardiac stent at, 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 uh, under L5 where that aortic uh, valve is. I'm using terrible biology, but... But that's the... Yeah. yeah. But, you, you know, but you tell a DJ what to do and you expect him to just... Do it. Yeah. yeah. And you're a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. I mean, like... Not even to, because I understand how frustrating that has to be. Mm-hmm. Being like a pianist, when people come up to you and they're like, "Hey, can you play?" The difference is, is that at least into in 2019, you can just kind of search the song and mm-hmm. you do have it. Mm-hmm. But people will come up to me and ask me for the most off the cuff songs. I'm like, I'm not a music library. Like, right. I just don't know some of these songs that you're naming just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, you you didn't bring no sheet music, right. <laughs> nothing. How am I supposed to know this? Right. And they're like, uh, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's just, there's, you can't appease it's, it's everybody. It's the same idea, though. Yeah, you can't appease everybody when it comes Except to Except for people really get mad when you don't play their requests. Because they know you got access? <laughs> well, they just expect, it's expectation, entitlement. Mm. Like, you might be, if I'm playing high up tempo and you ask for a trap song that's slow i'm not going to stop the whole party and switch the vibe because you want to hear that and the whole rest of the party's going to what i got going right you know we like to ride we like to groove too if you're a good dj you groove you 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 draw people in and then they're just going they trust you so when this person wants to break your groove but i got 300 other people that are grooving you gotta wait Right. (laughs) right And they don't understand it. Like, yo, I asked you, I remember I just did a, a college event. And instead of taking requests, like, verbally, I just put out a sheet. Because I, I, you can see in people's eyes when they have a request. Right. I just point to the, to the, the little sheet. notepad. So this one dude, I point to the notepad. He's like, no, come here. I'm like, what's up? He was like, yo, I wrote my request like 10 minutes ago. And I said, okay, so did about 50 other people. Right. He was like, but... I mean, when are you going to play mine? I said, I don't know. I don't know if I will play yours. Right. That was not the right answer. He was so, like, offended. (laughs) (laughs) This wasn't a request. This was a demand. Yeah. Like, he he had to look. I want mine next. Yeah. Sorry. Next. Bye. Right. Yeah. But that's, I guess that's one of the, uh, one of the casualties or one of, one of the, the work uh, issues with with being a DJ, but I deal with it. But so I take you, it as you started like building and growing and and probably moving into a position where you didn't have to take requests. I know some DJs are in a position where they're just starting and stuff, and mm. and they're kind of they feel pressured where they're like, yeah, well, the only way I'm gonna keep this gig is is if I'm accommodating the the audience that's here. Mm. Uh, how did you put yourself in a position where you could start to be like, you know what? these gigs I don't need to take. I don't have to play here because they can't afford to pay me what I want to get paid. Mm. Or, like, where did when did that happen and, and then how did you it's, manage? Well, you know, I, I still I still deal with that because regardless of the gig, you, you're going to get requests. And it, 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 depending on who it's coming from, you, you better play it, depending on who it's coming from. Gotcha. So 
I haven't quite gotten there yet. And even your big name DJs, there's still people trying to fight to get that on the ask for a request. Like people don't understand. Just just let that person be an artist. They don't get that. So what I do is I stop taking myself that serious. If the gig, if if you know, I'm fortunate to say, hey, I got nine other DJs. If I don't want to do the gig, there's somebody in my company who probably does. So I take that as, you know, I'm fortunate of that. Mm-hmm. So if I take the gig, if it's a college gig, I'm going to get 150 requests. I'm going to get rambunctious people and people. I hate to be grabbed, man. People will grab. <laughs> yo, yo, bro. Yo, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I got to get myself in that mode, you know. And then when someone grabs me, I'm like, have we ever met before? Like, no. Well, why are you grabbing me? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And bring them back to reality. Oh, sorry. Like, people <laughs> right. lose it. Like, yo, I'm here working, and you just grabbed me, and you we've never met before. Right. Well, how, what if I did that to you? Right. At your job. <laughs> At your job. At your job. Yeah. So, you know, if, if I take the gig, then I, I know what's in store. Gotcha. I just got to get myself mentally prepared. So then how'd you, how'd you get, how do you figure out pricing? Like, rates. Well, one thing I did for a long time was, like, undervalue myself because the general public has a, an idea of what pricing should be, but they don't know the amount of work that any DJ puts in, but then they don't know the amount of work that I put in. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I got to a point that, hey, if, if this is your budget, maybe we have somebody in the company that can do it. Here's my price. You choose. You know, and I got comfortable with people saying no thank you, you know, because at that point I knew my worth and it freed up. It gave me more balance in my life, actually. You know, it, it allowed me to take a Saturday off right. and relax and then know, well, hey, this upcoming week, I got five gigs. Right. Did it really matter? Did it really hurt my pocket that I had a Saturday night off if I have five gigs next week during the day? Right. You know, no, it didn't. Um, as a matter of fact, it might have hiked up or, or showed my true value to those other people. Right. And, like, and, oh, well, he's playing here and it's popping there. How come we didn't get him? Well, because he asked for this much money. That's how what you that's what you got paid now. I did this wedding for like half price one time. It wasn't for a friend. It was just somebody who thought they should get a wedding half price. And I was like, OK, cool. I did more work at that wedding. Twice as much, I would say, than the folks that I would charge full, full price. price. So I, I got half the money, and I was, you know, I was beat. I was discouraged. I was, what, what did I, what did I get out of this? But a headache and less money. So I, I kind of harken back to that, that experience. Like, if you, if you want to charge less, that's fine. But people are still going to expect a certain level of service. Right. So you may as well charge what your worth is, you know. But make it make it worthwhile. My my um, equipment is state of the art. I have clean versions, dirty versions, remix remixes of almost all songs you would request. You know, aesthetically, you're going to look at my stuff and say, "Wow, you know, it's nice." So. You know, if you're looking for a nice event, good sound, good DJ, good presentation, if those things matter to you, then you'll see, you'll justify the price yourself. Right. If not, 
that's cool. There's a hundred thousand other DJs, you know. So I'm cool with that. You you got to be cool with being told no, thank you, and not getting every gig. And I'm cool with that. Right. And then so when you're moving from from price point to price point, because I'm I know that this is probably just gonna be a question. Like there's DJs out there who probably been stuck at like a hundred and fifty for like three years. Well, you know what, Kev? That's the thing. Like with with the pricing. Somebody told me, you set your price early. You're not going to be worth, all right. So in college, there were these DJs. I'm going to give you real prices. When I was in college, the the going rate for a DJ was 150 bucks. All right. So I said, well, I want 175. All right. (laughs) There were like four other DJs charging. There was two charging 150. There was one charging a hundred, and then there was one who was just like all over the place. Right, no right. rate. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and then there was me, one seventy five firm. Right. Okay. So these other DJs, you know, I'm sweating bullets because they're getting all the hot parties. Like they're getting the homecoming parties and this and that, the house parties that I wanted to do that I go to and check them out, and they were jumping. But what do you think happened as soon as they said they wanted one seventy five? People said, oh, like, ah, oh, why are you trying to Yo, I could get a maze for 175. <laughs> right? Right. Why are you trying? I mean, I could get a maze because I would only then I would only be doing selective events. So I made sure I went all the way out. My lights were the best, you know, my mic skills were the hypest, and you know, everything was I, I just put a lot of love and passion into it to make it feel different. Right. For twenty five dollars. Yeah. yeah. But the mentality was, well, if you're going to charge more, I can get a better, like, right, right. You know, to them, to them, to the to the marketplace, better. Not saying that I was better than any of these DJs. I did work harder and I did put on more of a presentation, you know. But that was the idea. So they were stuck at their price point. So what I learned from that, and what I justify or verify with someone else, is put set your price early. And then see what it means to be at that price. Make sure you're really worth, worth that, that price. price. Right. You know, but don't say I'm going to be $100 now. And then, you know, once I get the experience, I'm going to go up to 200 Well, the general public doesn't see why you deserve an extra 100 So you may as well be 200 from the beginning and then make sure you're worth 200 If mm-hmm. you're not worth 200 then don't charge yet. Don't do those gigs. Shadow somebody till you're worth 200 and then do those gigs. I mean, that, that might be a little controversial, or I don't know. No, I, you know, so that is a slightly different take in other episodes I have kind of done uh, stuff on pricing. And so that's a different take than I would use. That's a different approach. But mm-hmm. I, I like that approach. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I still like that approach. And I, I <clears> guess to some degree, it can vary from place to place. I think, oh, yeah. I think, unfortunately, in the world of performing in general, especially when it's kind of like circuit-based performing, like mm-hmm. the way DJing can be, or if you're playing like cover music or like mm-hmm. acoustic or anything, um, <clears throat> that you can get locked into a price point simply because like those are the only gigs. Right. So then it's like, okay, well, this is the... It doesn't become your rate anymore. It becomes this is the rate that this venue plays. But they've only established that rate because everybody else is kind of settled into a price point. Mm-hmm. Um, so positioning yourself at a higher price sometimes is is just that is foregoing gigs that you've played before mm-hmm. 
and going to get the other gigs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that still requires the work. Yeah, I think that's a thing too is everyone always wants to raise their price, but they don't always want to put in the, the work. The work, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. work that is required to, mm -hmm. to get more. Um, and it's great that, that you definitely have and that you set up a system that allows you to kind of attack the market from a top-down approach, mm -hmm. um, which is... I think that's a beautiful thing. Well, my DJs were the ones, they were like, yo, you can't charge what we charge because that's not fair to us. And I was like, really? I was like, nah, you got to be like a little bit more, like that's only fair to us. How many people would say, say that? that? Yeah, yeah, that's love. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm going I'm to I'm charge more. Right. I'm going to charge more and then people can make a choice. Right. And, but know? then you got, you got tears. Yeah. You know, then you then you have tiers. You can cover, like, the whole market. It's, it's like, I look at it kind of like General Mills, right? Like, they got Cheerios, right? I think that that's Cheerios. I think that's a General Mills cereal. Um, so they got Cheerios. I but then so. they also got, like, Toastios. It's like the same company. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, okay. they make the cheap version. They make the knockoff version. Huh. It's still them. Yeah. So it's just like, they're like, oh, look, these are my premium Cheerios. And all the ones that, like, don't quite meet quality standards of the Cheerio brand, mm -hmm. then they use that for, like, the knockoff version. Yeah. And they I, still own that, too. I, see, I think of it on a, on a, on a higher invert. Like, you can get the Maserati or you can get the CLK6 drop top. They both ride nice, but which one do you want? want? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. In my mind, I'm like, yo, the box, the box is the only difference in my mind. Yeah. It's just the packaging. Yep. Because it's still Cheerios. Right. You know, so I know in people's perception in their mind, they could look at it in this negative connotation and be like, oh, but that's like, it's like, no, they still got made in the same factory. Mm -hmm. It's the same Cheerio. Yep. They just put it in a different box. And because the packaging was different, they charged something different mm -hmm. for it. You know, so being able to be versatile like that, because really what that is, is that's like you're accommodating the market. Some people want to pay more just because they want to pay more mm -hmm. because they have the money. They're like, oh, well. We could afford to get this, and it's expensive. Yeah. And that makes them feel better about themselves. And then other people are going to be like the mid-tier hunters where they're like, nah, okay, that's too much, but we also don't want to go too low, mm -hmm. so we'll take everything that's in the middle. And then you're going to have a couple of spots that all, that all they can afford to hire is at the bottom. But if you can clean up the whole way, why not? Well, it's like, let's take a wedding, for instance. Do you want a great DJ at your wedding or do you want me specifically? You know, if you want a great DJ, we have you with yes. these options. Right. If you want me specifically, here's that option. Right. You know, some people like I did a wedding this summer where it was a guy, a buddy from Cancun from like 10 years ago. We he saw me do the biggest clubs in Cancun. It meant a lot for me to be at to DJ his wedding. So he was willing to pay what I charged because he wanted me. He wanted international feel. He wanted to be taken back to that. That vibe. Yeah. yeah. And he, he and his wife agreed because I gave them the same option. No, we want you. Cool. Right. <laughs> How did you, just before, before we wrap up, uh -huh. I'm cur my own personal curiosity. How did you get the whole Bahamas or like things set up because when i went to the event yeah. i saw that you guys were like donating giving money back yes to the bahamas and thank you to everyone who donated we raised i think 76 dollars which translated into like 
25 cases of water that we sent to Bahamas. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Because they need it. Right. How did you get hooked up in that whole scene? Because I, I remember, like, way back, I used to see girls, like, the videos with the, like, <laughs> I bounce for DJ Amazing. Bounce shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah still the got shorts. the bounce shirts. Yeah. So how did, how did that all get, get going? Uh, persistence. Uh, I, I went to spring break as a college student, and I, again, I saw a niche not being satisfied. They had non-American uh, DJs, and I felt like there was a disconnect. Like, the DJs were cool, but I felt like the, the entertainment could be a little bit better. So the, the company, and they're now defunct, Student City, uh, that I traveled with, I brought it up to them. I wrote a letter. <laughs> like a handwritten letter? Yeah, I, well, I typed it. Okay, okay. I typed the letter and sent it, and then I got an email to somebody, and I was just emailing this person nonstop. Hey, why don't you guys have college DJs? Well, college DJs are in college, da 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 da, da. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, hey, I'm, I'm having an event. Why don't you come down from Boston and hear my... Asking them while I'm in college, why don't you come from Boston at your corporate office and come hear me play at University of Delaware or Philly? Right. And they laugh. You know, oh, thanks, da-da-da. Or I make a mix. Send them the mix right to the office, like express mail. Did you get the mix? Yeah, we got it. Did you listen? No, nah, listen to it. Okay, we think you listen to it. Just, <laughs> right. just, just on them. Yeah. Every couple of days. So finally, you know, and, and you, you sell spring break. This is the time of year to sell spring break. And then you book all your acts like January, February, because March, April is spring break. Yeah. Um, so all, this is going on between like October and December, January. Finally, I worn them down so much that they're like, yo, fine. We're going to have you come on spring break. You're going to have to work staff hours, like basically like RAs. You, you babysit mm -hmm. the kids or whatever, the students. Um, but if you're not doing that... Then you can DJ. I was like, all right, cool. I'll do it. So I get down there. We have our orientation. First day, they don't have staff hours for me. So they're like, do you want to DJ? I'm like, yeah. I rock it. I rock it. And the owner of the company comes up and is like, yeah, we're not going to use you for staff hours. We're going to just let you DJ and we nice. got to talk about a, a, a rate. So it was. I was humble enough to say, Hey, yeah, I'll I'll do whatever. I'll, I'll work staff hours right, to get in the door. Just to DJ. Right. Never had to work a staff hour. Yeah. All DJ, all entertainment. So it was just persistence. And it was recognizing a niche that people, you know, people didn't see the the, the necessity. But now you go on spring break. It's not if you go to Dominican Republic on spring break, it's not local DJs DJing. They're flying in, you know, big names for spring break week to attract the kids more. Right. So I was on, like, the, the cutting edge of that with DJs back then. You know, having somebody come in that understood the college culture, you know, because let's, let's face it, if you're in a foreign country for spring break, you want to relate to whoever's on the mic, at least, or who's ever the entertainer because so, you, you want a little bit of back home even though because we're American yeah, right yeah, yeah just like when you go to like a tourist city it's like well I hope everybody here speaks English yeah, like, you know, even yeah. though you went to a whole other country you still want the same so, thing yeah exactly so that's all I was saying and comes to find out it was right you know that's that's the norm now but it was it was just persistence it was just reaching out to them 
helping them identify that they were lacking and that there was a way to exploit their niche a little better and then being a part of it. Right. (laughs) And definitely, I appreciate what you said, being like humble enough to recognize the opportunity and make an opportunity out of that opportunity. Like, you know, just, okay, that's not necessarily what I want. I wanted to just go there and DJ, but this is a way for me to go. So sure, I'll do that. And then when you get there, it works out for you anyway. Like that worked out. That right there, I think far too often... A lot of people have great opportunities in front of them, but just because it doesn't look exactly how they imagined it to look, mm-hmm. then they're like, ah, no, nah, that's not something I want to mm-hmm. do. And it's like, look, it can still, that's can still work. an opportunity. That yeah. was the opportunity that you wanted. That's the opportunity that you were looking for. Yep. You, you got to figure out how to maneuver once, you, once you're once you in. And, and fast forward that. I met, like, I, I usually do a TBT on my Instagram page. You'll see pictures of me with, like, Rob Snyder, all these random like Hollywood superstars, I met them one spring break. Word. That opportunity put me with In all these position, different kinds right. of people to just rub shoulders. Like, oh, that's the DJ. Oh, you're killing it. You want to come? We're going to have dinner here. We're going to do that or this boat party. Right. Whoa. <laughs> like, yo, bring the all, turntables. Come back to the yacht. All because right. I said, yeah, I work staff hours. Right. You know, so you never know. You know, I could always said no. It, I could have got down there and saw that it wasn't for me working staff hours, and then made a decision. I was like, I'm not going to make the decision now. Right. I, I'm still going to be in Cancun. Fact. Either way, getting paid. Why wouldn't I go? Right. <laughs> Way to seize that opportunity, man. I appreciate you coming on, and thank you for My coming pleasure, in and man. chatting with us. All the insight. Um, I'll definitely post links and whatnot to you, your page, your Word. music, and everything on the podcast. Word. Congratulations again. Thank you. The- Same to you. Yes. Yeah. Let's All get right. it. That wraps up another episode of the McCove Mindset Podcast. If you appreciated any of the information in the discussion today, please rate, comment, and subscribe. Every bit of support is appreciated. And I want to continue to bring you content that will enhance your career, your life, and your overall mindset. So again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon. I know someone will be someone. It's you, it's you.